What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Friday edition of the Snaggle Show. I am, of course, your host, Christian E, a.k.a. Snaggle J. Thank you, as always, for downloading and listening to the podcast. I appreciate all of your fantastic support. By the time you guys are probably listening to this on Friday, August 9th, 2019, the podcast will have hit 500 total downloads. So thank you guys so much, as I said, for your continuing support for listening to the podcast. I do appreciate it. I appreciate you guys giving me um, a little bit of space in your ear holes uh, to spit my bullshit and my gibberish and just talk about what kind of things are, uh, you know, going on in my life, in my head. I do appreciate having this outlet. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, as I alluded to on uh, Monday's episode of the show, I've got some big stuff coming up, some really big stuff coming up. I'm not ready to announce it just yet. Uh, but I can tell you I've got some irons in the fire with some cool new projects that I'm working on or that I am involved in. I'm going to be very, very excited to share those with you guys in the next few weeks. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm going to talk about just a few things that are going on. This is going to be kind of a hodgepodge of stuff. We're going to talk about Chris Jericho. We're going to talk about Grand Theft Auto V. We're going to talk about video games. We're going to talk about guns a little bit. Um... But first up, guys, today is August 9th, 2019. It is the 20th anniversary of Chris Jericho's debut on Monday Night Raw. I know you guys who are wrestling fans will remember this like it was yesterday. Um, one of, Still, to this day, one of the greatest pops in wrestling history. Now, this is, of course, in a day when access to the internet was a lot more limited. Most of the news that was going around about professional wrestling uh, was in the dirt sheets, which did have an online presence in the late 90s, but it wasn't as widely, um, wasn't as widely subscribed to, um, you know, like, people weren't, could there wasn't the same access that we have in 2019. I mean, now, Everything, you know, leaks out on Twitter or Reddit or whatever long before it's going to happen. <coughs> Excuse me. But, you know, back then, I mean, you can see. So if you go back and watch this Raw, it is available on the WWE Network. If you go under Raw, go under 1999 uh, and go to August 9th. Um, right in the opening montage. Now, you guys remember how these Raws uh, used to start, right? You know, they had the... The, the the crazy attitude intro, and then it kicked in with the still the best raw opening ever. But they had like the pyro and stuff, and then they always did the pan of the crowd, all the signs and stuff. You did see one or two signs that had Jericho references on it. There was that the famous one that they always show. Or that they always show. The famous one that they showed um, during the... When Jericho's music was playing and after they uh, popped on the screen the Jericho on the Titan Tron. And everyone was going ballistic. There was that one sign that said Millennium Man Chris Jericho. And, and you could kind of catch a quick glimpse of that sign during the Raw intro. So there were some people who were smartened up that it was going to be Chris Jericho. Uh, but for the most part, it was a great surprise. I mean, I personally watched both Raw and Nitro back in those days. 
But, you know, as someone in my teens, I didn't pay attention to the dirt sheets. I didn't actually own a computer in 1999. I didn't buy my first computer until September of 2000. Um, so I didn't have the internet. I didn't have the dirt sheets. So for me, knowing that Jericho was no longer on Nitro, I I had grown to really like the Jericho character. Um, you know, the list of a thousand holds is still one of my favorite Nitro segments. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, it was absolutely uh, an insane. Um, it was absolutely an insane segment. I loved Jericho. I love what he did. So, for those of you who don't remember or who who never saw it, the whole premise was for weeks and weeks and weeks they were running these vignettes where it said countdown to the millennium, and um, you know it had a timer, and that's all it was. It said countdown to the millennium, and there was a timer, and it ticked down. I can't remember what the countdown started at. If you actually go to the WWE.com YouTube page. Uh, and look up Jericho's debut. They actually have uh, like a little pop-up video part of it where it shows where the countdown started at. I don't remember what it was, but uh, at the start of this Raw, the countdown shows an hour and 23 minutes or something like that. So we knew, and then the King and JR talked about during the their intro that we knew we were going to get the, the you know the reveal of the millennium. So the Rock comes out after being assaulted earlier in the show um, by the Big Show and the Undertaker, and he comes out and he challenges the Big Show. And I'm going to check yourself directly into the SmackDown Hotel. And another thing, and then all of a sudden the countdown comes up with like 15 seconds left, and it counts down and it counts down. The place goes black. There's a weird music, a bunch of rainbow-colored flashing lights, and then all of a sudden Jericho's music kicks in, much like you heard at the beginning of this podcast, and you know, there's that the break the walls down comes in, and there's about a three, two to three second pause, and then Jericho's name flashes up on the Titantron as his entrance used to be when he first started and for his first little while, and the place went absolutely fucking batshit crazy in Chicago. It, like I said, just go back, do yourself a favor. Either go to the WWE Network Raw from August 9th, 2000, or 1999, or go look it up on WWE's YouTube channel. I know they have it on there. It is still that that build, that music hits, the hush of the crowd, and then Jericho's name comes up, and the place went nuts. It was, it was so great. It's still one of my favorite debuts of all time. Still one of the best, uh, again, reaction debuts of all time. 20 years ago today, holy shit, I feel old. Um, I'm, I'm old, chat. I'm old. 20 years ago today, uh, it's insane, insane, insane. Um, some other things that are going on that I wanted to talk about again, I told you guys this is going to be a more of a hodgepodge episode. Episode. I want to talk about Grand Theft Auto Five a little bit, okay? Most of you are probably well aware that Grand Theft Auto V is almost six years old. Um, it came out on the previous generations of consoles. It is so old. It launched on September 17th, 2013 on the PS3 and the Xbox. And then in November 2014, 
It was ported to the Xbox One and the PS4. And then in August, April 2015, so a little over four years ago, it made its debut on PC. Well, 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 well. Grand Theft Auto V had one of its most... Um, one of its best months of its history in July of 2019. In terms of concurrent users, in terms of revenue, uh, it is absolutely insane how much people are still into this game so long after its release. Now, they had this widely publicized um, uh, online update in July, the casino update. I don't know the name of the casino. I can't remember right off the top of my head. Um, but they have kept this game alive through the GTA Online and the GTA RP community has kept this game alive as well. Uh, I remember I picked up the game the day it came out. I played it until you know I beat the main story and then I never played it again. I really did have an interest in the online component. But it has been ridiculously interesting to look at the evolution of this game. First of all, for a game that came out on the last generation of consoles and for a game that came out on this generation of consoles almost five years ago and for PC over four years ago, the game still looks phenomenal. The game still looks and plays like a AAA game that came out last week. Um, it is absolutely crazy. If you guys don't remember... Um, it earned a billion dollars in the first three days, uh, which at the time broke uh, the video game industry sales record, uh, became the fastest selling entertainment product in history. I don't remember if it's still that. I think maybe Red Dead 2 um, outdid it, um, but at the time it was the fastest selling piece of entertainment of all time. Obviously, it came with all the controversy that GTA comes from. But what has kept this game alive has been the GTA Online community. So GTA Online has been huge. The Social Club has been huge. Um, they continue to release these, these ridiculously large, complex updates. People are still doing heists, and, and now they're in there gambling and stuff. It is absolutely just, just mind-blowing how Rockstar has continued to support this, you know, five-year-old piece of software on the current generations and keep people in their play. Again, to, to, to look back at a month, you know, five years out from it coming to this generation of consoles and saying, hey, um, we've had one of our best uh, uh, months ever in terms of, um, in terms of, you know, concurrent usership online. The game is still selling like crazy. It is the number one selling game in the UK year to date for 2019. Number one. No other game in the UK has sold more copies than Grand Theft Auto V this year. It is still routinely every month in the top 10 on pretty much every best-selling list, on Steam, um, on consoles still. <coughs> it is crazy the fan base and the hype around a game that is so, by video game standards, old. 
That's the other thing. You know, in terms of video game standards, where people want a new one of these every year, where we get a new Assassin's Creed every year, where we get a new Fallout every three years, where we get a new Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls and Fallout, I think, I, I probably shouldn't loop them in. They're a little bit similar in terms of their longer development times and keeping their rabid fan bases, um, you know, intrigued. But you look at, you know, things like, um, again, Assassin's Creed, which puts out a game almost every year. People constantly want new content. They want new stuff all the time. And here you have this game with the Diamond Casino update that is breaking its own records. You know, July 23rd, Grand Theft Auto Online broke its record for most players in a single day and in a single week between July 23rd and July 29th. Like, it's crazy. This thing is four years old and you still have people in it and the big part about that from Rockstar's perspective is you still have people in it spending money. Which for them is obviously the best part. Is that they're still making a constant stream of revenue from this game. The other side of that, and we've talked about this before, is... The GTA roleplay community. Now, roleplaying doesn't affect the revenue of the game because for those of you who aren't familiar, there is a very large community of PC players who participate in Grand Theft Auto roleplay. Um, it has a huge presence on Twitch. Um, it is a bit cyclical. I think you've had some larger streamers like Summit1G uh, recently. You also have... Um, who's the guy's name? I can't remember. Oh, my jeez. I'm going to kick myself because I'm forgetting who it is. The guy who plays Avon and the Lean Boys. Lyric. Lyric has been in and out of the GTA RP community several times. Um, the Grand Theft Auto roleplay community basically is a group of people who have modded versions of Grand Theft Auto V. And they use it to roleplay their characters on massively uh, multiplayer servers. And it has given a, a very huge social presence on streaming services twitch and mixer and youtube gaming it's huge on youtube as well a lot of the highlight and clip videos of gta roleplay get massive viewership on uh youtube uh, it's on facebook gaming as well i see it constantly in my in my facebook feed when i'm scrolling through it is a way that users have kept this game alive and it's very intriguing because people will watch these role players and watch the fun that they're having and the stories and the content that they're creating and people will think well i'm going to pick up a copy of this game and i'm going to play it so it's still again it's free advertising for rockstar and again a lot of this these are very heavily modded versions of the game but still the core remains you're playing grand theft auto 5 so at any given time you can go to Twitch and you can look at you know the games that are the most played. And I'm actually doing it as we speak right now. Grand Theft Auto V on Twitch is the third highest view game right now with 64.5 thousand viewers. The only thing higher, League of Legends, which is at 192,000 viewers, uh, because they must have they have uh, looks like maybe some uh, Korean League of Legends uh, action going on. So you have a couple of 
uh, 30, 40,000 view channels there. And Fortnite, obviously Fortnite is the highest viewed channel pretty much regularly. But, you know, you're talking you know, 10 o'clock in the morning on a Friday and you've got 64,000 people watching Grand Theft Auto. And it's all roleplay, RP, no pixel, um, the different servers that are out there, no pixel, VORP, family RP. Um, so that's another way that people are keeping this game alive and again it's it's basically free advertising for Rockstar so after all these years Grand Theft Auto 5 is still making a truckload of money um, people are eagerly anticipating Grand Theft Auto 6 people like me who play it for the story component. I don't play GTA Online, but I do think the phenomenon surrounding it is really, really, really super cool. Um, I assume they're going to do, the, and they're obviously already doing the same thing with Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, they've, they've announced a huge update to some stuff coming to the online portion there as well. So it's really something Rockstar has, has nailed this formula of keeping their triple-a ips alive with this online platform and again with red dead 2 you're going to see something very similar only time will tell i know a lot a lot a lot of people that i've seen online are very excited for the pc version of red dead 2 and then the eventuality of being able to rp um in red dead 2 would be would be something um but yeah Grand Theft Auto 5, still kicking it after all this time the last thing i want to talk about is something on of a little more serious tone you may have seen some stuff on my Twitter as of late uh, in regards to video games and guns uh, and the correlation between the two, which, for lack of a better term, and pardon my French, is maybe the fucking stupidest conservative comment I've ever seen in my life. And it all stems from something I've seen, and I will not name who it is because the name of this particular elected official is not worthy of being on my fucking podcast. Um not worthy of entering your ear holes, feel free to go look it up. But basically, the premise of what he said was twofold. That one, that these mass shootings in the United States continue to happen because of the violent depiction uh, within video games. And that, um, <clears throat> you know, that these shootings don't happen in other places in the world because uh, they don't have violent video games. Now, first of all, I'll handle the second part. Are you fucking serious? Look, look. So this, op open a map. Look at the United States, and then go up, and you have Canada, where we can literally get the exact same video games that you get in the United States. Do we have two hundred and thirty-one mass shootings this year? No. Look at Japan. He referenced Japan. Literally where all these games are made. For the most part. Mass shootings in Japan this year. Seven. United States, 230 plus. Video games are not the problem. Literally, me playing Fortnite doesn't make me want to dress up in a rainbow romper and go out and shoot people. It's the stupid... Hit Here's what it comes down to. You want to know the reason why elected officials blame video games and not guns? Because gun lobbyists put money in the politicians' pockets. If Rockstar 
and the people who make Fortnite and the people who make Player uh, Unknown's Battlegrounds, you know, if all of those companies that make shooting games were lobbying politicians and giving them money, you would never hear a conservative politician talk about video games ever again. It's dollars and cents. You can't blame the guns because without the NRA, you can't get reelected because they fund your campaigns. So you go after the video games, which have absolutely never been proven to have adverse effects on people. Can video games be an addictive property? Absolutely. Do, are there video games out there that depict um, violent scenarios and violent situations um, that you should definitely not recreate in the real world? Absolutely. Are video games the reason why someone goes out and shoots 30 people? No. Someone goes out and shoots 30 people for two reasons. One, mental illness. Two, access to guns. It's that simple. Nobody, 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 nobody should be believing this bullshit that video games are the reason why people are shooting people. It's ridiculous. It's a stupid, stupid premise that is used by right-wing politicians to deflect away from the fact that guns are the problem. Now, I don't like to get super political and stuff on the podcast. I don't talk about my, you know, my allegiances and who I vote for and things like that. That's, that's of a personal nature. And to be 100% honest, if it was left-wing politicians saying this bullshit, I would absolutely call them out on it. But when you come after my video games, I'm coming right back. It is ridiculous. If your children have a problem with violence in video games, as a parent, step the fuck in. You signed up to be a parent. Be a parent. I'm sick and tired of things that go wrong in the world being blamed on the thing. Do my kids play video games? Absolutely. Does my son play Fortnite? Absolutely. Has sometimes maybe that playing a Fortnite the game resulted in him playing quote-unquote Fortnite in real life? Sure. We get the Nerf guns out and pretend to play Fortnite. But you know what? As a parent, I reinforce that it's a game. That's my job. My job is to help my seven-year-old son distinguish between Reality and fiction. It's okay to play Fortnite on the Nintendo Switch. It's okay to play Fortnite with Nerf guns. It's not okay to play Fortnite with an automatic rifle. Which, by the way, you can't get here! There's a reason for that! People don't need them. We live in an imperfect world. It's always going to be that way. Your life is the best of what you make of it. But for the love of God, people, when somebody tries to tell you that the reason why a person walks into a public place and opens fire at his fellow man 
and they try to tell you it's because he played a video game, for the love of God, walk away. Because that in and of itself might be one of the most single-handed, ridiculous arguments I have ever heard in the history of my life. As always, guys, I appreciate you guys listening to another episode of The Snaggle Show. Whether you're listening directly on anchor.fm slash The Snaggle Show or whether you have downloaded it in your podcast app of choice on Android or iOS. By the way, if you are listening on the website and you would like to take The Snaggle Show on the go with you, there is a handy-dandy button right there on the main page for all the different apps. You can get it in Apple Podcasts. You can get it in Google Podcasts. You can get it in Pocket Casts. You can get it in Stitcher. There's a host of other apps you can listen to The Snaggle Show in as well. Uh, I appreciate each and every one of you for taking time out of your wonderful day to listen to the show. Uh, Thank you so much for the support, and I'll be back next week with a couple of brand new episodes. Until next time, peace.